Craft Beer Radio, episode 463, on December, 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 April 28th, April 28th, 2018. <laughs> hey everybody! I was so caught up that it's a prime number that I forgot what month it was. Is it? It is. Okay. And 461 was a prime number, we got a couple now. Oh, so it's a twin series. prime. Cool. Twin prime. That's what they are, twin primes. Uh, hi everybody. Yeah, four six three. I think four six seven is also prime. It's like a whole wow, it's a little we're, cluster. We're getting filthy with primes here. <laughs> uh, have, you ever, have you ever told you about the Feynman point regarding uh, prime numbers? I don't know. Actually, no, that's regarding pi. But er, I'll I'll talk about it later. Um, we have a bunch of beers that you picked up today. The fridge was bare, and I had to run out and get. Beer shows. So shows this is beer. this is a thank you to everybody who uh, uh, uses the Amazon.com link. Yes, absolutely. So we, um, I went to Whole Foods and picked up some interesting beers. Uh, there's nothing too like run of the mill, except for this first one, which has probably been made for like 500 years or so. This is from Iyengar. Uh, Private Brewery Einger in Germany. This is their Brauweiss. So 5, 5.1%, <laughs> 51% alcohol by volume. That'd be, that'd be impressive. 5.1% alcohol by volume. Uh, a wheat, basically, a Hefeweizen. Um, Comes in a half liter bottle in a normal sample size. Sample sizes. Makes it a little bit difficult to rouse the yeast. Probably should have rolled the bottle around on the table a bit before I opened it. I mean, this thing's probably won a ton of awards, but they do have some awards here. A World Beer uh, Awards. Uh, German, I guess country winner, so Germany a winner. They won a wheat beer, silver. European Beer Star 2015 gold. And consumer's favorite. And uh, European Beer Star 2014 Silver. So, an award-winning brew. Okay, so Einger was established in 1878, so not 500 years. Weinstefan is the really old one, and kind of just blended them together in that. So, it's a hazy IPA, huh? <laughs> it's hazy. <laughs> it's, um... It, it's not as, uh... Like white, as you might expect, it has this kind of. I might uh, not have been able to rouse all the yeast, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, has, it definitely has a, a vice beer type yeah. haze to it. You can, but I'm saying like it doesn't. It, it it looks a little bit darker than than I would have like a little bit okay. towards the uh, amber color, just with with the mm-hmm. way that it's sure, sure. Um, reflecting the light. So I just find it interesting. It looks it looks very pretty. Um, yeah, it has nice, a really nice head on it. Fluffy head. Is your circus peanuts right there? Yeah, yeah. Big banana on the aroma. A little bit of like banana blossom. The the malt comes through. Vanilla. There's a, there's a wheat malt aroma, but I think there's like the bar- barley malt is coming through on the nose as well. You're getting kind of a little bit more bready than than normally you smell in hefeweizen. I th- I agree. Something a little lemony on the nose, a little tart. Maybe that's the wheat coming. I think through. that's probably the wheat. Yeah, smells pretty good. Hopefully, it has a good you know clove dose in the flavor. Initially, at least the first thing I got actually was a bit of a clove thing. So, um, oh yeah, right up front, um, it has yeah slight amount of tang for that wheat, but yeah, it's a pretty clean uh, estery. Heffa yep. with a bit of a of a phenolic bite. Yeah, I like the, I like kind of that wheat tang that carries through. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of barley, like undertones to it. It gives it a little bit more smooth and breadiness. But I like how the wheat tang plays with the the big esters, that banana, that circus peanut type yeah. flavors. Maybe even a touch of bubble gum. It it's pretty classic as you might expect. Uh, it it. Aroma and flavor-wise are very similar to each other, so n- not anything unexpected here, but it's deep. It really has an, a lot of that. The flavor goes on for a while. Um, it it feels like it, 
so in this not not in the sense that it's, that it's I mean it's dry enough for for its style, but it, it doesn't. But but there's depth there, and it feels like there's uh, a bit of um, uh, it's not watery, right? It's, what am I trying to think of? The texture of it is is sound and mm-hmm. yeah. No, it definitely has a good body, a, a substantial body that is fitting for the style. Mm-hmm. Um, this bottle didn't have a date on it, so I was curious, you know, how it will come across. Taste, you know, there's no signs yeah. of oxidation or anything like that, so it tastes like it was shipped in good, good quality, timely manner. Thanks to the Merchant Duvin Corporation. Yep. Cool. Yeah, I dig it. I think this is well done. I mean, I, I'm not getting anything that I am surprised about, mm-hmm. but it is, uh, it's, it's kind of exactly what you would want if you get an authentic Bavarian Heffa. There it is. Yeah, it's good. I, I would, I think, I think I would, you know, you're talking about getting exactly what you want. I think I want something a little more clovey. I want a little more phenolics on it and the banana dialed back a little bit. Okay, but so for me, that's personal. Preference. Well, that, that's all right. So it, maybe let me clarify when I say exactly mm-hmm. what I want. I mean something exactly on style, mm-hmm. something that, that hits the style notes pretty much right on. Yeah, not necessarily exactly every single is tuned exactly to my palate, <laughs> right. but yes. it, it is covering all its bases. I agree. This one is a very well put together, authentic heffa. Tastes fresh, well handled. Banana flavors are good. It's just, you know, my, my, again, everyone has their favorites. Mm-hmm. I, prefer, I prefer clovey ones. It's very drinkable. Uh, oh, I could pound back these easily. If you got a bar with people, two or three of these would go real quick. A couple liters of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a boot. A boot. Yeah, when you know when Oktoberfest comes around, uh, and if I were to go to an Oktoberfest, I would find myself tending towards the Heffas more than the Oktoberfests in general. Just I like the the estery stuff that comes out, and that's more pleasing to mm-hmm. me. It's still a very downable beverage, just almost as downable as those other lagers. Oh, sure. All right, that was the anger. What was it called? Brow vice. Mm-hmm. All right, so next, I picked up a hazy. So we're starting to see now uh, companies are producing hazies. We talked about this, like, like last episode, when we're going to see the mass production hazies. Well, here we have two on this show. So... Yep, this one's from one of the... Uh, Biggest craft brewers, especially after their billion-dollar acquisition. They're not craft anymore, technically. They can't put independent on there. Sure. Well, no, because they're owned by a non-beer company, so they're still craft. Are they? Yeah, that's the whole thing. You could be owned by a giant, you know, private equity fund. Or I guess Constellation Beverages, maybe. Yeah, Yeah, maybe not. This is Ballast Points. Aloha, Sculpin. A hazy India Pale Ale. 7% 7% alcohol by volume. They use Brew Troy yeast. Brew being B R U X. Hazy? Doesn't seem very hazy. It's really not, not New England style, right? So yeah. maybe that's what. When they say hazy, they're not meaning really the New England style that we. Well, know since of. they talk about their Brutora yeast, we'll, we'll put the dregs in. Maybe that'll haze it up a bit. Uh, it adds, they say it adds a, the yeast also adds a slight haze to the beer. So all they're really going for is a slight haze. I mean, you put enough of that in there, and yeah, yeah that's pretty hazy. Um, I don't know about this yeast. I really haven't heard much about it. So let's see if I can find something about this yeast. Yeah, so on the label here, it says juicy tropical notes from Brew Bruck. Well, it's B-R-U-X. Brew Trois Yeast. 
Light Labs WLP 644. Saccharomyces brulenis. B-R-U-X-E-L-L-E-N-S-I-S. Bruxellensis. Bruxellensis. It's typically like a Saison yeast. Like a Brussels thing. That's weird. Huh. All right. So beer is hazy. The aroma on it, it's a, it's like agave, like a green, like agave cactus or something like that. Or what was that? Prickly pear. Prickly. Remember when we had that prickly yes. pear cactus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it smells like. I definitely noticed guava notes in there. It's, it's very tropical, mm-hmm. and or at least off the off the beaten path, fruit wise. Yeah. So you're getting this like slight. Tropical, I guess guava's a good call. I, still, I would pull out that prickly pear and then maybe a little bit of maltiness, but really it's just kind of that light <clears throat> tropical thing. Also think about like a canned pineapple. Okay. Definitely has tropical flavors. Mm. Yeah, right up front. Um, this is leaning really on the tropical side, really on the tropical flavors. Uh, so it's not pushing so much the drinkability New England stuff that mm-hmm. we are, uh, you know, but part, so part of the New England part is that it, uh, the haze actually is not just a, a look thing. It also is a texture quality mm-hmm. to the beer right. makes it seemingly more drinkable. How, how would I? How otherwise would you put that? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of focused on this beer. I'm mm-hmm. trying to pull some more flavors out of it. It has a nice mouthfeel. Has a nice flavor profile to it. It has a light bitter, like a you know, not apparently bitter, you know, a seemingly light bitterness to it. Lots of lots of guava. Weirdly, I'm thinking like you mentioned it's a saisoni. So some of the qualities of of like if you if you were to add this with uh Brett, you would then add some dusty qualities and this would sort of make for a kind of the horse leather part with this would com- they would com- go together pretty well um okay. i'm i'm thinking that that this this flavor is interesting because it's it is both guava and it's also something that would go well in a very dusty saison. I, I don't know why that popped into my head. I, it just did. I suppose so. This is a pretty good drinker. It's one of the better uh, sculpins. Well, you know, sculpin has always been. They're my favorite of of the Ballast Point ones. Habanero is, of course, mm-hmm. definitely my favorite. But Sculpin was always decent. I think the pineapple one is is okay. If just okay. a little over pineapple-y. Um it was Dorado was always to me the super oniony, yeah. and that was surprising when they threw watermelon into it. Right. I mean, no, but the, I'm trying to think. There's been other Sculpins. I mean, ever since they started adding flavors to everything. But I'm drawing blanks on some of the other ones. Yeah, the pineapple one is one of the more recent ones. Let me see. Let me this, look at their page and see if they have. This kind of has a this this does have like kind of a pineapple aftertaste, but it's it's a pleasant one, right? It's not mm-hmm. pineappled. It's just incidental pineapple, and that's kind of where it should should stay. So they did grapefruit sculpin and pineapple sculpin. Okay. An habanero sculpt. Okay, maybe I'm just thinking their flavor attributions all over the place. Hmm, they have a curry export stout. Curry export stout, huh? <laughs> Be worth checking out. Yeah. A, a blend of Madras curry, cumin, cayenne, coconut, and kefir lime leaf. All K were all K sounds. <laughs> seems a little. It seems interesting. Well, you know, K is the funniest letter, of course. Well, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
I would. Uh, I wouldn't mind having a six pack of that. No, this is this is decent. It's, it's a lot of tropical stuff without feeling like a. You know, like they put a bunch of tropical fruit in here to. to yeah, well, that, that's ease the, the big thing. That's the big thing. This is one of the most subtle, kind of natural beers that Ballast Point has put out since mm-hmm. the acquisition, because they've just been going to the flavor lab and just like. Well, in, in a sense, this is also going to the flavor lab. It's just taking it from a different source instead this is of getting it from traditional sources. Right, it's it getting it from from the yeast, from and from, from the, the hops. And from, yeah, from the hops, yeah. That, that in, instead of adding additional stuff to mm-hmm. the process, um, it works out well. I don't, it's hard to call it hazy in the same way that it, it's not New England style, but it's yeah. it has a hazy look to it. Mm-hmm. It just it, you know it more so falls into just that that modern you know tropical IPA mm-hmm. than it does hazy, but. Uh, I like a good tropical IPA. Yeah, me too. All right, so what else we got down there? The two sours, Imperial Stout. I guess we do the other IPA. Yeah, I think so. All right, so picked up. This, this is this is the other. I've I've been a huge fan of Epic Brewing Company out of Utah. Right, they just do mm-hmm. some really interesting stuff. And oh, Denver, Epic's in Denver. Confuse, who am I confusing that epic? Um, Utah. Who does Elder Brett? Was that is that epic or is that? Yeah, epic's in Utah. Yeah, this says Denver, Colorado on the can. I mean, they're in they're in Salt Lake City. Maybe maybe they have a brewery. Brewed and packaged by Epic Brewing Company, Denver, Colorado. Maybe they moved. Don't know. I thought they were in Utah, and I've, I mean, just about everything I've had from Epic yeah. has been, you know, noteworthy. So I saw that they put out a New England IPA. Had to give that a try. Actually, I got a six pack of this, so this is going to kind of be what I'm drinking the next couple uh, Penguin games. So actually, this is called Praise the Haze. They have uh, a couple different ones. This is so they have four different ones apparently. I'm trying to figure out which one they are because their first release goes by Citra Lush, but there was this. Oh, of course, I grabbed the can with the screwed up bottom. Uh, pulp. This is Pulp Fiction or Friction or Pulp something. Okay. Oh, here it is. Pulp Addiction. Pulp Addiction. It's a 10 on the hazometer. It's a 10 on the juice factor. And it is a 3 on the dankness scale. Or I would say, okay, no, the color's hard to see. Let's give it a 9 on the hazometer and a 10 on the juice factor. Uh, that'd probably be a hazometer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's me and my. Uh... Yes, you're right though. <laughs> I'm going to invent. No, it, it, I'm going to invent a hazometer. It's spelled hazometer, so you're. I mean, because <laughs> okay. it has dashes in there. But, oh, does it? Yeah. Okay. But uh, a measuring device is an ometer, like a thermometer and a spinometer. Well, you should write epic. I should. Yes. Their hazometer is right. That's exactly what they need is me correcting. That's what everybody needs is me correcting them on their use of, of ometer or ometer. So I'm looking to see what, what is in this one. All right. So this one is about as easy as that Einger. It, uh, you can kind of see through it. It's not downright murky, but it has a haze to it. The aroma, I would... From the aroma alone, I think the dank, the dankometer, the dankometer, <laughs> is uh, is a little low at three. I'm smelling some pretty weed like aromas on this guy. Pretty weed. That's pretty weed, man. It's better on weed. Ever <laughs> try this beer on weed? Oh my god! Do you smell that? I mean, it smells like straight up like the. 
like the pot shop that we were in in Denver. I don't smell that. Don't. No. I don't know. Take yeah. take, take my whole glass, but I mean, I'm getting like not not like vague hints of. Yeah, weed. I, I smell the same thing. I, I smell it. It's weird. It must be something that, that that's uh, hitting you off and not me. Yeah, I just got a couple whiffs that were way more than vague whiffs of something remotely dank. This was like, hey, I'm in a grow house. So it's called Pulp Addiction. We don't have information on it. The the juiceometer has it at a 10, so it probably has juices added to it. It's probably pulp of some kind of fruit, right? Mm-hmm. And that's about the best we got so far. Yeah, that they don't give me much about the recipe, unfortunately. That's a curious flavor. It has um, a very soft, soft type flavor, almost like something that has, you know, like a milkshake IPA, right? Where it like has lactose mm-hmm. or something like that added to it. If there's a fruit in this beer, I'm not sure what I would call. I would. That's it. It's the softness. That's mm-hmm. what I was trying to describe. I think is these, even though they're you know carbonated and that can have an acidic mm-hmm. thing, it comes across soft. And when when uh, when you get a real um, expressive Northeast IPA and or New England IPA and softer. All right, so I'm getting a very light pineapple note. I'm getting... There's something I'm having a hard time placing. There's a fruit. It's, it's more citrus. It's more citrusy than tropical. It's... It's a tangerine. I think there's, ne- there's nectarine. A... Nectarine. Possibly, there's, there's there's some of all of that in there. It, mm-hmm. It's it's more subtle than because I mean it it almost tastes to me like a relatively normal orange with some other accents too. There's a lot of ways you could go mm-hmm. with it. It's not pithy at all, which is the interesting yeah. thing. Uh, so it doesn't have that you know grapefruit pith and stuff that comes normally with this flavor. It's really juicy. Yeah. As the juiceometer would say. The only one that's an ometer is the hazometer. Yes. Uh, the other ones are just juicy and dankness. Well, we should so call it's... the other ones ometers and <laughs> keep this one as a hazometer. <laughs> okay, there you go. Just to, just to shove it in my face. Uh, yeah, so in, in terms of, of yeah, on the dankometer, it's pretty low. It's not On the flavor, yeah, the I flavor agree. The flavorometer. <laughs> On the flavor, I agree. I haven't really gone back and stuck my nose deep into it to try to, but man, I had that one sniff and it was it was dang. But you get a little bit of it now, a little bit of. So even though it doesn't look like as beautiful and white as some of the things that we've got from like uh, Brew Gentleman, some of the local right. fresh sheets, yeah. This more to me covers the new. New England style in terms of this one, the way it's coming across. Yeah, this one replicates the like that smooth, soft mouthfeel mm-hmm. really well. This one brings. I had I had two of them today when I was at Whole Foods getting this. I had uh, both local breweries. I had one from Four Seasons, which was really good, and then I had one from Rivertown, which was after the Four Seasons. It was regrettable. It was probably okay, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh, I should have got another Four Seasons. <laughs> That's that's the risk you take when you get into beer. In some sense, is that you'll you'll go and you'll try new things all the time because you'll want to, right? And sometimes you won't hit upon a winner. That's I have that problem so much. Where like I have one and it's like ringing my bell. I'm like, do I change away from it or don't I? Do I change? I usually do. I I, I usually do too. But that's when things get regrettable. <laughs> It's only money. <laughs> another, another good beer from Epic. 
I see baby elephants and they're walking. Oh, how cute. You know where they're walking to. Where is that? Their computers. Why would they? Why would baby elephants use computers? Because they need to shop and they're not allowed out of the zoo. So they use the internet. That's amazing. I had no idea. They're very dexterous with their trunks. So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I've trained several baby elephants myself wow. to shop online. You know what they what, do? How, come, how does this never come up? 463 episodes. It, it, you know, now, it's, it's a new passion of mine. Oh, okay. Train baby elephants to shop online. And, you know, there's obviously one place where they stop their start their shopping session. Oh, obviously. They, they pull up their web browser. And with their trunk, they type mm-hmm. in on the keyboard, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Oh, these are very helpful elephants for us. Yes. And then they shop and they buy all kinds of things. They buy uh, elephant tra- snacks and they buy... Um, you can get anything on Amazon, really. <laughs> yeah. uh, they, they get like tubs like so they can fill with water so they can suck it up into the trunk and shoot it into the air. They do all kinds of really cool things. Man. But, you know, it's, it's really hard to train the elephants to keep the water away from the computers. I uh, bet. So the zoo's budget for new computers is really high. I don't know what they're going to do about that. So but, how does this relate to CraftyRadio.com slash Amazon, though? Well, the zoo has to keep getting new computers because now they're addicted to internet oh. shopping. Because they all have Amazon Prime accounts. And they get free shipping. And they use CraftyRadio.com slash Amazon to buy and it doesn't cost them a penny more so, so the elephants do but do you have to train the, the zoo staff to do it too because they're probably not as intuitive as the elephants uh, yeah but it's all about the baby elephants because they're so cute that's true they are so cute adorable which whenever you think of a baby elephant whenever you see one I hope you think of craftyradio.com slash Amazon and ask that baby elephant if he shops it online and uses or she she is craftyradio.com slash Amazon. Or they. I, they I, don't or I mean, or it's a cultural thing, right? Yes. And see. <laughs> All right, what's next? Well, I had to finish that epic. I'm glad I got five more cans of that. That'll be good for watching playoff hockey. And that's all it's good for. You rub it into everybody that you're a yeah, Penguins fan. Yeah, it's this time. It's time of the year where the Penguins kick ass. I guess we do one of the sours. Let's do the Trugs. Let's right. Save the old Bruin for last. So this is is it, is this a anniversary beer of some sort, or is it just? They, uh, I think Trogs is like putting out. They had like three or four different um, of this series. Oh, Splinter the, series. Is it well? So that means yeah, that means Agent Oak probably. Um, Nebulous Pennsylvania Wild Ale Asian Oak uh, French American and Hungarian Oak They use Le Grave Yeast Fermented with Brett Lacto and PDO 8% alcohol by volume 20 IBU Okay yeah, they had three different ones. They had a peach one, they had another one with fruit added, and then... This is just American Wild. I figured I'd grab the one that was in the middle, mm-hmm. literally in the middle on the show. Hmm. Okay, so... Pour is a nice golden color. The aroma on this one. Ooh, that's a nice, that's a nice smelling concoction. Kind of a apple skin type thing. First thing I smelled was that it almost like a, it almost smelled like the beer is corked, like you know the cork fungus. It thing. was corked. No, no, no. Oh, the term. Oh, corked, okay, I see. Where it's spoiled because of a fungus that grows in corks. Um, we'll see. I hope it's not. Um, but that's the first thing I smelled. I mean, it smells wild to me and like in in the sense of wild beer like there's a lot of different uh yeast working on it so it's got this yeah so i mean maybe the funk that's supposed to be in there is confusing me aside from that i'm smelling kind of like a green apple skin you know like if you peel your your granny smith apples and you got that pile of apple skins there and maybe you pick up a handful and just start chewing on the apple skins there's kind of a wild cherry thing going on. There's also 
a little bit of a lacto yogurty just in the background mm-hmm. thing like a blueberry yogurt bark I am getting a little oak on the aroma just a bit but that may be just me reaching well, there's there's a wood thing. That's why I caught it. But to me, it's coming across a little more like like a bark. I don't know if that's like you know, you know the the firewood and you're splitting it and you got the the barks. You know the kind of mm. the, that pulp that's just inside the bark. What's that called? The uh, phylum or whatever that's called. Okay, so uh, Nebo starts with their triple gold, their triple golden ale, the Rav. Some goes into wine barrel, some goes into virgin oak, and some goes into Fodor's. Teeming with Brett. Barrels ferment for months, sometimes years. And then I guess they combine that's, it in bottle oh, condition. That's super duper oaky. That is so much oak. That is oak. <laughs> Too much oak. Oak. It's too much oak. Let's see if I get used to it. But man, that first sip was just. A... I'm interested because well, is a, is a good deal of oak. I don't know if it's too much for me. I wonder if if there might be a stratification. Yours has a little more tang to it. It's blendy blend. You're probably going to be disappointed by the result of this. But... <laughs> It's important that we share the same beer. No, my my sip was just like sap and tar and wood. Okay, yeah, I'm getting more oak now. Um, but the the sour does a decent amount of cutting through it. So it's still a little sappy, but it's not mm-hmm. full on. Yeah, I mean, mine is. More palatable now that I got some of yours. If you do a little bit of, of just a swirl and get a little bit more in. Jeff is doing he's, he's turning the bottle instead of doing a swirl so we don't lose as much carbonation. I'll get more dregs now. Okay, refreshing our beers. Yeah, we don't want too much because it is a high alcohol beer, so we don't want to get crazy. But we're adding a little bit more. Too wild than the crazy guys. Is it high? 8%. Okay. So they use a, their Lagrave yeast. That is a delicious beer. The Lagrave. Um, which is kind of their... It's like a triple. I wouldn't go triple. Just... They call it a triple golden ale, but... Yeah, it's it's more like a Belgian strong golden or something like that. It doesn't have the candy sugar type. So like a... Has. Like a Pirat or something like that? More Belgian-y, less, less like fortifiedness to oh, it. Oh, okay. You know... You've had it. You've had it before. I'm sure we have it. It's four to sixty-two shows. Give me a break. Yeah, no. Lagrave is. I when they start putting that out, I was like, "Whoa, Trogues!" You know, that's that's like big boy Belgian beer. You're you're like in the big leagues, and and that you know, so had high hopes. Let's see. So now that we kind of topped it off a little bit more, it's even more oaky now. Um, it's a lot of, it's a lot of wood carries through. I mean, they use three different oaks. Well, the fresh oak, right? That's the, you put beer into brand new barrels. That's going to kind of give you the flavors that we're tasting. Mm -hmm. And generally you blend that way out. Some does go into virgin oak, it says. So there is. Right. It should be like, I don't know what percent. It should be a tiny percent. (laughs) And it's um, not quite tiny enough in what I'm tasting. Because it, it's kind of sappy and resiny. I think it works. I think that the the amount of sour cuts it well. Uh, without Because it, it, it does then tame the sourness a bit. Because it has to cut through the oak so it doesn't go much further than that. Maybe I'm getting used to it. That last sip, I was getting a lot more... Of like the Belgian notes, I was getting the kind of green grapes, blueberries, uh, kind of straw, a little bit, a little bit dustiness. You know, it, it was getting more things than just like tree resin sap, which 
<laughs> for for a few sips now was the main thing I was tasting. The one thing I can say is I feel the alcohol in this. Green strawberries. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Very much. A really sour papaya. Okay. This is a neat beer. It just has a rough edge to it. Yeah. Which I can dig. I, th- I think that it, it's not it's not a rough edge that turns me off. It's a rough edge. Yeah. It's a little. Uh, um, it's one of those imperfections that that makes life interesting. <laughs> uh, I I actually I'm, I'm kind of I guess I'm digging this more than you are, but I I I'm enjoying the way the oaks are playing around here, which okay. is not typical for me. Right. Uh, I typically, the, the minute that the oak hits a beer, it starts to go downhill. <laughs> it can is it, be, is it, oak, it can is be it more, amazing. more bourbon for you? It's more it's... bourbon, technically, but if it's over oaky, I get really, I can get really upset. Uh, but this is not, and this is over oaked, but it's over oaked in an interesting way, in, in a way that that's different than I'm used to. And maybe that's what's like changing my perspective on it mm-hmm. a bit. Uh, the the sour is really cutting the part of the over oak that I dislike, and it's leaving some parts that I'm not as uh, uh, I'm not tending to dislike as much. So, yeah, I, I like I said, it's a neat beer, but if that rough edge is rough. Uh, you know, it's a blended beer. And I'm just kind of surprised they chose to put that much of that virgin oak type flavor in there. That that's that's rough for me. It's it's strong and it's a strong beer in, in, in multiple ways. Uh it's interesting. I like it. Alright, what's next? Alright, so Heather found this beer, you know, because she likes Imperial styles. Mm-hmm. And Pretty much, any, you don't say. Pretty much, any imperial stuff from Evil Twin is is right up her alley. Um, so we picked up a four pack of this. This is black as midnight on a moonless night. So it's a Twin Peaks reference. Okay, that's uh, something that I think Agent Cooper talks about coffee. Okay. There's a big thing about coffee. Black okay, as midnight well, on a this night. is a imperial style with lactose and coffee. But wait, there's more. Passion fruit and mango added. Yeah. Okay. And it's only 12% alcohol, by the way. <laughs> In a pint. Here's the interesting thing. If you are, let's say, at a place with, with really dark skies, mm-hmm. black midnight on a moonless night is bright as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they're probably talking more like ter- terrestrial. Right, yeah. You know, looking at the ground. Oh, Right, when Venus is set mm. and the moon is set. So even though there's a beautiful Milky Way across the sky, right, it doesn't really light up the ground. It can, if you're in, like I said, a really dark okay. place, right. uh, then it actually can. But I mean, in general, with the amount of light pollution that people are used to, and it's more of a poetic thing than a literal thing. <laughs> yes, yes, that, that, that is... Uh, how would you define the darkest dark? I know, I am... How would I... Well, okay, I... you. How would you define the darkest dark? Poetically. Poetically. Like, okay, down in a cave with the door closed isn't as poetic as midnight on a moonless night. Right. Uh... <laughs> Black is Jeff's soul. <laughs> <laughs> All right, twelve percent alcohol. Jeez, yeah, baby, twelve percent alcohol by volume. As as Jeff says, coffee, passion fruit, and mango added. It is very black. We uh, have relatively small samples, and yes, it is a black hole. There is no highlights coming through this beer. I wonder if this is as black as that. You know that that. Scientifically made texture that is designed oh. to, to uh, either absorb <laughs> not that to black. to absorb as much light as possible. Um, yeah, there's two thing. There's two paints you can buy that are yeah. like the blackest of blacks that that absorb 
like 99.99% of light or something like that. I was watching a YouTube video about a guy pitting the blackest black. He bought like a pint, you know, a little pint of true black. I think it's called, I think it's called true black. Uh-huh. It's one of the two brands. And he painted a thing with it. And watching it on YouTube, like he, it's a basketball, it's a maybe a volleyball or something. So it's a sphere, but he's holding it in front of himself in a pretty bright room. And it looks flat. You know, it just looks like a hole in the screen. <laughs> wow. And then he takes the world's brightest flashlight, which um, in its super mode is uh, like per square foot. It's three times brighter than the sun on on <laughs> on. A lot of candle powers, are you yes. saying? <laughs> like, you know, somehow shining it on the ground, right? Uh-huh. It's three times brighter than the sun. He shined it on the thing, and it lit up right away. Right? It didn't yeah. absorb nearly enough light to make to maintain its Well, blackness. 99.99% gives, in terms of the amount of photons that are coming out of the light bulb, yeah. a whole lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so if you get this, like, super bright flashlight. It was funny. He was in his backyard testing out this flashlight. And his neighbors came out. They thought it was like a police helicopter, like <laughs> searching for something. Well, that that discussion actually is nice. It gave some time for the for the flavors mm-hmm. for the aromas to sort of build on this guy. Yeah, so you're getting kind of Deep a coffee. There's a coffee. Uh, the main thing I'm smelling beside the coffee is kind of just a rich, dark imperial stout, kind of like a. You know, roast barley. So it's a little bit less chocolatey on the nose and a little bit more roast barley. You know, not quite ashy, but, you know, kind of that you know, more traditional flavor. Yeah, like it was almost smelling like something that is, like, typical of bourbon. Uh, just that uh, sort of maybe it's a deep roast. Actually, uh, for me, it's not bourbon. It's scotch. There's more of a, there's okay. a peatiness in there. There's kind of a smoky peatiness on the nose. All right. Twelve percent. There's a little booziness on the aroma. <laughs> that has a lot of viscosity to it. Um, well, those those uh, those those tropical fruits hit you right up front. They don't give you any time to really. They don't and jump in on the imperial style. If part. you didn't know they were fruits, you would think this beer had oxidized. Mm-hmm. In a, in a pretty decent way, but it would it tastes like. <laughs> It tastes significantly oxidized, is the way the fruits are coming across. Mm-hmm. We've had imperial stouts like this before that have been like eight years old. Yeah. Um, but this is intentional. So, which means that, in addition to, like, okay, so the initial taste is oxidized, but it also doesn't, it carries through more in the flavor. And so, mm-hmm. it, so like, the oxidized, it, flavor would hit sharp and then kind of drop mm-hmm. whereas this is continuing on yeah it almost has a there's almost like a hard candy type flavor yeah fruit. that's like, a good point that's like good a point. hard candy passion fruit or a hard candy mango at the back end i think it's because i mean at 12 percent, there's a lot of sugar in here too yeah. so there's just so much sweetness so much as I'm tasting this, I'm getting more of that peatiness, that, that scotch type character, and the coffee is a bit on the flavor. The co- in the room, I have coffee mm-hmm. on the flavor. The coffee is kind of hiding behind the fruit and the smokiness. It it's hiding there. This is. I want to try this without the fruit. <laughs> it feels like the fruit's getting in the way to me. It feels like that the fruit is is so upfront that. This may be more accessible to some people, but to me it feels like it's getting in the way of what I want to taste. So I'm not saying this is bad or the flavors are bad, but I feel like they are blocking off from me a more interesting beer underneath. There there are so many evil twins on the show. Yes. That we could start a spinoff podcast. It's just evil twin. <laughs> They like never, well, maybe we'll do a vertical. Like, I mean, they have some core brands like Molotov Light and stuff right. they've been brewing for years. But like, this is probably the only time they'll ever brew this right, beer, yeah. you know. And then there's been like 17 other versions of Imperial Stouts that have you know different things added to it. 
Make note, this is not Evil Genius, this is Evil Twin. Yes. Uh, Very different. Yes. Where they stand in my uh, list of esteemed breweries. It, it, it's it's interesting because with the evil twins because they do so much stuff all the time we have amazing stuff and we have some some crap like the, the, uh, the eggnog the eggnog which was one of the worst things ever um which might have been like drinkable if it was super cold like the watermelon dorado but mm-hmm. at the temperature we normally drink which is around yeah. six you know uh, fifty to sixty degrees no <laughs> no 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 no. Yeah, like I think Heather has one in the fridge. Last time we went out to VE, it's an evil twin. I think it's like an Arnold Palmer. I think it has like lemonade and iced tea and beer in it. <laughs> Doesn't that kind of like remove the point of the Arnold Palmer, which is to have a? <laughs> it's like having a Shirley Temple, but with alcohol. In it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the ironic point. Yeah. Um. It, I I I feel like this is fine, but I not what I want. But I I feel also that I can say, okay, evil twin, let's see what you got next. Because yeah, I mean this this one again on the show, it's not really giving us enough uh, depth. It's kind of giving you it's giving you a huge giant imperial stout. I like the peep. It's kind of teasing you. Is 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 my thing. It's like it's it's like a peep show. Almost. Yeah. It's it's teasing I you agree, with. I agree with you. Where you would like to taste it without the fruit. Mm-hmm. The fruit seems to be clouding a bunch of nuance that we right could otherwise be getting. Yeah, uh, yeah. I want to see underneath those those fruit <laughs> those fruit <laughs> garments. <laughs> and you're teasing you me with pay them. extra for that. Yeah. Part. All right, the last beer of this eve. Yeah, your knife is going to have to oh. cut through some wax. Yeah, that's a good point. I usually, when we come across waxed... Oh, there, I was able to oh, power okay. through it. Usually unwax the bottles before we start recording. Didn't re- I thought that was kind of like a foil wrapper. I didn't realize it was a wax wrapper. So, this is... Oh, where is my... Oh, here we go. Saint Decara Reserve Sour Flanders Outbrune, which was brewed by Distill. Oh, I didn't realize this was Distill. It's not. It's Brewery DB. Oh well, DB might be Distill Brewery, but maybe. This is from Fooder Three. Brewery DB. Well, if you go to brewerydb.com, they say it's a better way to discover craft beer. Well, Brewery DB is there's a there's a database, an open database of craft beer called Brewery DB, and I think that's what you're looking at. Well, no, when you click the logo, oh. it goes there. So, is this like a crowdsourced? Well, no, Brewery DB is like um, a friend of mine. Has an app called Beer Goggles. We're gonna have them on the show soon. But I, I'm um, saying this is on the website. Oh no, this is you're looking at something equivalent to Beer Advocate. Oh okay, and that's where the beer is listed. Oh, I see. I, I okay. this is the still, <laughs> and you're. So I, I made a complete. All right, so this is this is called Saint de Cara Reserve, but it's from Distill. Okay. Now, now I'm uh, better understanding what's happening. So it's like Untapped or something like that, yes. but it's okay. But it's a community. It's, driven. It's, it's yeah, it's like OpenStreetMap, but yeah. for beer. Okay. Places. Well, learn something new every day. Saint de Cara Reserve Sour Flanders Auburn from Distill. It's part of their Saint de Cara, which is registered uh, trademark, so don't use it. <laughs> Reserve Sour Ale Series uh, Aged in uh, oak barrels With microflora Wonderfully unique to our downtown Illinois terroir So I don't know if you know what terroir It's the 
the flavor from the environment, the yes. locale. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a wine term generally, but mm-hmm. uh, used... Um, well, I mean, New Belgium has Le Terroir, right? Yeah. Is their thing. So it's pretty common use. So uh, it says barrel number on the side here and it says FDR3. So it must be their Fooder 3 that this came from. You see that? Yeah, absolutely, sir. All right. So this pours... Pretty... Literally written in a Sharpie. So like... Someone actually rep wrote on this label. Yeah, uh, this was not printed. I mean, the label was printed, but they, yeah, yeah. they sharpied that, and dipped it in wax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it is a very clear tea-colored beverage. Mm-hmm. Lots of oak on the aroma. Getting some dark fruits, you get some dried cherries, a little bit of tobacco. Some raspberry or blackberry. Lots of good aromas here. I can smell this for a while. Good. Yeah, it smells pretty good. I wouldn't say this is an air freshener beer. We used to use that term. <laughs> where, where like it's a beer you, we want to smell all the time. Yeah. It's not so much that, but there's a lot to dissect in the aroma. So there's a lot to go back and like. Oh, now it's starting to smell like an old brune, or where you're kind of getting that oxidized. You're getting that cherry. You're getting a little bit of tobacco. You're getting some brown sugar molasses thing. You're getting, uh, you know, Belgian like dark candy sugar. Cornbread. There's a bunch of little roast, okay. like, I don't know, that came into my mind. I, I've been, it's funny. If I, I like tobacco. Re- if I realized this was a distilled beer, I probably would have passed it at the price point because I've generally been underwhelmed by their sour program. But uh, this one smells good so far, so let's see where it goes. Because this one wasn't, this one was like a $23 bottle of beer. Pittsburgh prices, so think yeah. uh, fifteen dollars in general. Oh no! Oh. You're making a really bad face. I'm. How was that? I don't know. I tasted something okay. I taste something okay too, but then that something in, in the middle of that flavor that was like like a Lego. I didn't get that. Try this again. It, it struck me. You had a visceral yeah, reaction. Yeah. It's like you drank a stink bug. It's not making faces yet. There but, it is again. But he hit it again. Lego, huh? Yeah, there's something in the middle that, that's very, like, plasticky or petroleum-y. Well, that's kind of what I'm accustomed to when I think of distilled sours. Um... This one hides better. I think maybe there's something in there, but I'd... Here, take a sip out of this one. Mm. See if you're noticing it as much. No, he's... he. This is like a, this is like when I chopped open the durian, and he's, he runs away. It, 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 I feel in the middle. In the middle of the flavor. It's really weird, because I, I actually like the initial flavor a lot. Mm-hmm. And, it, and as the flavor starts to evolve, there's a peak where it, like... And it goes plastic. Uh, and then it, it... You know, that uh, goes away mostly, although I still kind of lingering. Okay. No, I can't... All right. Drink more for Greg, which means more for me. Um... I'll, I'll review this briefly. Greg can start lining up his rankings. All right. So, like I was saying, I, I have not been impressed by Distill's uh, Sour Program. I've had a few early on. Tried them at the Great American Beer Fest. And they came. Uh, they sent us some some bottles of beer. I'm not sure what they sent us any sours, but um, then they came to Pittsburgh and we tried mm-hmm. a couple more. And I had high expectations because they're in the same uh, area as uh, the Beer Report. And Groucho had pretty nice things mm-hmm. to say about this still. 
and uh, you know, so I had a couple, and they just tasted like they tasted like early dry log, right? Where they're they just weren't mature, right? They I haven't had my in a way of early dry log, so. But but I, I know what you're saying, yeah. yeah. Before before dry log got good, right? You know, mm-hmm. before they had a maturity, you know, they were felt like they were rushing their things. That you know, there just wasn't a depth and a complexity there. This is um, much better than what I think of when I think of a distilled sour. Uh, there is in the middle something that is, from my point of view, lightly plasticky. It's it's a minor kind of detriment for me, but it is a showstopper for Greg. Yeah, that's so, the way to put it. So I let I will wrap this up relatively quickly, but let me go through the taste and and talk about it here. So, looking at it again, going with the aroma on the aroma, I'm getting kind of that kind of cork smell again, like I got with the. Maybe I'm just a little bit off tonight. You know, that Trogues, I got a little bit of corkness. I'm smelling that on this one as well. Behind that, I'm getting something that has, you know, that Belgian, like, dark candy sugar. A little bit of brown sugar. That's the aroma I have right now. I know when we were smelling it first off, I was getting some more nuance to it. Onto the flavor. Starts out, it's funny, now that I Greg poured his into my glass, this one seems a little more aqueous and a little less sour than, <laughs> than my glass. So some more stratification strikes again. So annoying. I wish I had a way to, I wish I could figure out how to pour these beers so we got the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not getting too much plasticky. Here, I'm going to... I'm gonna just top off of what's if we on. could make like a, a distributor, a little funnel that's with two spouts. made out of the same glass, so you don't because if you make you can make something out of plastic, but that would add yeah, things. I to wouldn't it. want to use anything that yeah. comes off my printer as a you know pouring beer. But some sort of distributor made out of glass would be perfect, so you can clean it. I'm sure there's a lab equipment that has probably it's... yeah. <laughs> but then there's a hole. The flow, it's not going to pour with the same... It's not going to release as much aromatics because it's not coming... Unless we have, like... I don't know. There's well, no, all it, kinds of considerations. You pour it in here, and then you'd have two spouts, and the spouts yeah. would... Yeah. You would then, suppose, assumingly, distribute it as evenly as possible. I'll look online, see it, if there's any, like, lab equipment that'll do that in, like, a stand. That, that seems a little <laughs> over the top. Maybe the key is to get a intermediate glass. I pour into a shaker pint... And from the shaker point, I pour into our glass. Problem with the shaker pint is it's not a good pouring vessel. Okay. Something with a spout, I guess. A beaker. Yeah, there you go. Beaker. Pour into a beaker, then pour from the beaker into our glasses. Might be a way to go. Could work. Could so work. crazy, it just might work. <laughs> It's almost as if scientists have come up and thought about this before us. <laughs> pour it into the beaker. We'll put it on the stir plate. And we'll have a stir bar in there. We'll stir it. And then we'll pour it into our glasses. You do have a yeah, stir, stir plate. Yeah, stir, stir plate. So <laughs> that'll, that'll wipe the carbonation out pretty quick. We'll have to have a very slow setting on the stir uh-huh. plate. All right. I guess it's ranking time. I really, yeah, I'm getting I'm getting different things than I got initially with this uh, this Saint De Cara. I'm not sure where I'm going to rank him. It's a little confusing. Well, I know where I'm going to rank him. <laughs> you should. <laughs> He's going last place. Sorry, pal. When I have a visceral reaction that like lifts me up off of the chair, like what was that? That's not a good sign. Um... I, I think that the the worst part is that it's inside what I think is probably a more interesting beer, but I couldn't get over that plastic, you know. Uh, in fifth place, I'm going to put the Evil Twin, which, you know, felt like it was a tease. Uh, I wanted more of what was underneath that beer than what the beer was showing. Right. Uh, in fourth place, it may be a little surprising to you, but I'm going to put the Trogues. While I did enjoy it, I, there are other beers I think hit me better. 
then in third place, uh, I'm going to put the ballast point ahead of the iron, uh, 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 below the Iyengar. Because I think the Iyengar was just super drinkable and really on point. And the ballast point was very good, but the Iyengar was a little bit more... Um, I don't know. There was a there's a classicness that I enjoyed, but I think that they're both equally enjoyable, and uh, probably just you know, hitting first place uh, ahead is is the epic, which I thought was really really well done, and I like the flavors on that. All right, as Greg was talking, he helped me put some things into clearer focus. I'm going to put the tropes in last place. Wow, it's just that oak that. Crazy, crazy virgin oak flavor. And I just felt that they went way overboard in that one. I almost had, you know, not quite the same visceral reaction you had. Yeah. But, you know, that one just was hitting. It was off tune. So off tune. I'm going to put the distill in fifth place. You know, this will be the first time ever that I ranked two sours in last place. <laughs> um. That's because I'm a haze boy now, I guess. Yeah, haze boy. Um, the I, I was hard getting a consistent profile off of that beer. Like, like what is it? Because I I was tasting something that was better than I got your sample, and it was more aqueous. I still wasn't getting the visceral plastic that you got, but that I, I tried topping it off with what was next in the bottle, and it just didn't really change much. I just. Had a hard time figuring out that beer. I'm going to put the Evil Twin in fourth place. I I like that beer. I Like you, I thought the fruit was kind of hiding the interesting parts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 12%. It has this great scotch character to it. You know, it was peaty. It had... And, you know, I know what Evil Twin does with their Imperial Stouts, so I'm looking for certain things, especially some of the more interesting nuance that you find in some of them. And and the fruit was just wiping it out. It was it was fine, but it... And I think, you know, if I'm not drinking it critically, I'll enjoy it quite enough to, to, to be worth my sobriety at 12%. <laughs> Uh, which so that's kind of a compliment. It's a weird, yes, way to, yeah. weird way to compliment it. But well, it's yeah, I'm, I'm entertained by by the show, but but at the same time, <laughs> I, I want I, I want to know its secrets. I want to know. That, I'm entertained yes. by the magic show, but I want to know how the secrets were. Right. I mean, for me, it's you know, if I'm drinking it and I just want to have a good imperial stout mm-hmm. with some things and a buzz, it's going to deliver that. If I'm looking to fill you know seven or eight minutes of Beer analysis, it, it lacks. Well, I mean, so. also if you're if you're really looking for those awesome PD flavors, that you think yeah. are you're pretty sure are there. Well, the PD flavors are there. It's like what else? What's next? Yeah, what can like, I find? Like, what's the secondary off of that? And I, the secondary was hidden by the fruit. Yeah, if you're really desiring some of that, those deep stout flavors, mm-hmm. they're too hidden by this. They're too obscured by this. So you're not you're not mm-hmm. going to get what you want out of this. Whereas, uh, if you just want a buzz and you're you're comfortable to know that it's there, but you don't care, yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird. I, we don't usually uh, recommend based on buzziness. Yeah, how much do you want a buzz here? <laughs> so I, it's you know, I I mean, you can use that scale all you want, but it's it it to me is like it's not as interesting. It, it, I mean, there's, it doesn't. There's been, there's been many twelve percent beers where I've said it's not worth your sobriety. Right. Yeah. This one is worth your sobriety, so it's on that side of the fence for me. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the Anger. I'll put that in third place. Um, classic Hefeweizen from Germany. Yeah. Just drink and drink it, and drink and drink. It. You know, I, I, my personal preference is a little more clovey. So this one was a little too banana-y for me to have a ton of it. I'm going to put the ballast... I mean, you could still drink and drink and drink and drink and drink sure. this, right? It's not like yeah, you, you was... would reject this. This is not... This is too no. banana for me. No. It's like it, on, on a very... Mind, like, if you had the perfect Hefe, this was not the perfect yeah. Hefe. This and Weinstefan and yeah. Franzis Conner yeah. were beside it. Mm-hmm. I would pick the Weinstefan or the Franzis Conner. But uh, it's still very drinkable. Yes. It's, it's, it's all I'm pointing at. Yeah. Here. I'm going to put the Ballast Point Aloha Scopen in second place. 
Because I'm a haze boy now, apparently. Uh, I am haze boy. boy. I I dug it. It it seems like a good mass market attempt at getting some of those flavors, but it was more like a phase three um, mosaic galaxy tropical type beer with a little bit of haze to it. I, I it was it was interesting how they used the Bruxellensis uh, strain of yeast in there. Yeah. Um, that was really. It, it's kind of. It wasn't very. It didn't taste Belgian y. So they might have controlled its fermentation character to kind of minimize the Belgianness. When you got a billion bucks, <laughs> you yeah. can do stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It, well, that's the thing that's most interesting. And this doesn't affect my ranking, but finally, it's. I don't know if innovative is the right word. But finally, they're. If they're if this is innovating, it's innovating with classic technique yeah. and not with the fa- flavor lab. Uh-huh. That's worth and that's noteworthy to me. Yeah, sure. But I don't think it really affected my rankings. I don't put the epic in first place. This is apparently in a widely distributed hazy, and it did a really good. I like what it brought. It really it really brought through the the haze. A lot of what we love about hazy IPAs, mm-hmm. I think it really came through on here. It's not like the perfect hazy IPA. Uh, and anyway, like the Anger wasn't the perfect yeah, half. It's, it's not a gold medal. Right. But, you know, like I said, for like a daily drinker, it's hella good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what uh, that means. That means we play the rest of this. Oops. <laughs> I used the play all button and that goes back to the beginning just there's a little inside <laughs> baseball for you this is probably the third time we've used this song but hey, it's, it's we got a lot of episodes man yeah, we don't know, know we're not big it, music heads <laughs> when when nick comes on he'll, he'll tell us more stuff. i didn't have a problem playing it again breeders last splash this is cannonball kind of like one of the quintessential songs when Greg and I are like starting college. Yeah, I think it's a really good song. It's one of those songs that that why would this song hit? It it was a good video. Spike Mm -hmm. Jones video. Um, But it's also, I mean, it just has this, this, I don't know, lots of, uh, there are plenty of songs that that are just as good as this. I bought the album because of this song. I like the album too. I think Last Splash is a good album. But not, Mm -hmm. none of the, I mean, there are a couple songs that I even like better on the album, but they're not as, uh, Fit for the sure. for the show. All right, let's get the hell out of here. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, the best way is with the, the what's tweets, the best tweets Twitters. at Craft Beer Radio at Jeff Bear at CBR Greg. Uh, email beer at craftbeerradio.com if you're like an old person who uses email like us. We, we really people. don't check Facebook, um, and especially now, neither should you. <laughs> Let's face it. <laughs> you now, you now know everything about Facebook. Come on. And if if you've sent us a, a message on Google Plus like six years ago, we probably haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. 